and welcome to Vibrant Lives Podcast, a podcast dedicated to your health and well-being, featuring interviews with experts about nutrition, physical and mental health, and my five-minute food facts series. And they are short episodes where I discuss nutrition-related topics. I'm your host, Amanda Hayes. I'm a former lawyer turned nutritionist. I'm deeply curious about learning how to live a healthy, active and fulfilling life, which I would call a vibrant life, and sharing what I learn with you on this podcast to help you live your vibrant life. Before I introduce today's guest, I will take a moment to let you know that although I will often be speaking with experts, any information or advice provided in Vibrant Lives podcast is not intended to be used to treat or prevent any injuries or medical conditions and it is never a substitute for advice from your own health professional. Today I am here with certified health and wellness coach Anna Doctor and Anna runs her own business called Anna Doctor Wellness Coaching where she coaches people towards becoming healthy and well and what we're going to focus on today is stress and overwhelm because they seem to be such prevalent problems in the society that we live in today. And Anna will explain what it all means and give us some helpful tips on how to deal with those things. Today I am here with Anna Doctor. And before we start to talk about Anna's area of expertise, we'll start our chat with some quick fire questions to get to know a little bit about you, Anna. So first of all, hello and welcome. Hello, so nice to be be, um, on your podcast. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you, Anna. So, Anna, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Poland and then I moved to Edinburgh, Scotland. I finished university there and I moved over to Australia. Wow, I was trying to pick your accent and mm, I got it wrong. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's difficult, yes. (laughs) What's your favourite form of exercise? I love walking, um, anything to do with bushwalking or walking mm-hmm. in nature, and I love yoga. Oh, beautiful. And your go-to meal for dinner? Um, I'm vegan, so anything to do with tofu and my partner's tomato tofu, it's my go-to. Ooh, yum. Oh, that sounds delicious. I love tofu as well. And what what are you reading right now? Oh, I'm a book junkie, so I read a lot. But I guess one of the books I'm reading at the moment is The Way of Integrity by Martha Beck. Oh, that sounds really good. So do you have more than one book on the go at a time? Uh, yes, I actually mm. probably have around 10 at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I have, yeah, I have a lot. And I guess it's very broad because I read a lot about business and marketing and then a lot of mm-hmm. stress and self-development and yes. you know, a lot of a lot of topics I guess yeah yeah I always have about three or four on the go at any one Uh time as well but not 10 Um, (laughs) and what are you enjoying listening to at the moment it could be an audiobook music a podcast Uh, I'm listening to a podcast marketing made easy by Mm -hmm. Amy Porterfield great and are you finding that helpful Yes, yes, she's she's really good she's well known she's been in the industry for a really long time and she has great tips for yeah I guess marketing excellent um, yeah yeah very good and Anna your favorite or your dream holiday destination first of all in Australia and then outside Australia uh in Australia I would say the Kimberley region in WA I've been traveling across Australia but I don't know WA that much and Kimberley mm-hmm. that's that's definitely uh yeah 
on my list. Um, and outside uh, India, I wanted to go to India for a while. I also want to climb Kilimanjaro and I would love to visit Bhutan. Yes, I'd love to visit Bhutan as well. It's a bit tricky mm-hmm. at the moment, I think, in um I think travelling in these COVID times, you really need to pick somewhere where they've got good medical facilities, I would. Yes, yes, definitely. I think it's not really easy to get to Bhutan in in general because, you know, there is a long list to get the visa and everything. But, yeah, I I think that I will probably wait for a little bit until it gets a little bit safer. Um, Yes. Yeah, yeah, in terms of travelling. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, Anna... I was reading about you on your website and I recognised a pattern that's really common to many of the particularly women I interview who are now working in the health and wellbeing space. So you started out in a corporate job, conforming in a way to what society and others expected of you, and you worked really hard, but ultimately you felt unsatisfied. And this and other issues eventually prompted you to find what you really wanted to do So can you tell us, Anna, about that progression for you? So how did you go from working in a corporate world to becoming a certified health and wellness coach? And what were some of the prompts that made you um, take that change? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that question, uh, Amanda. Yeah, I actually want to acknowledge that we often need something to push us a little bit to make a change. Mm -hmm. And I guess as long as we can take those events and change them into opportunity, then whatever happened, we can learn from it. And that's I think that's what happens to to a lot of us. But yeah, it's it's like you like you mentioned, I was working in corporate world. I was, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. I also had a side hustle thinking, okay, that's my purpose or meaning. I, you know, so we're in a waiting house and, you know, juggling so many things yep. in here. But I guess the more things I was doing, the more unhappy I was. I was probably mostly angry and frustrated and was not finding joy or not finding mm-hmm. myself in any of it. And I guess things got even worse because it's not only that I was living in a constant state of stress and overwhelm and feeling the pressure. I developed depression and anxiety. I went through very challenging times with my family. I lost my dad and I developed PTSD. And things got very, very dark. It was very hard to show up Mm -hmm. as myself, I guess, in the world. So... Um, I always had the thought at the back of my mind that there has to be a different way. Yeah. There has to be a way to get myself out of it. And I love knowledge. And I start researching everything I was able to get my hands on around um, behavioral patterns, mm-hmm. habit formation, you know, why we procrastinate, why we, you know, what motivates us, what are our desires. And a lot about nutrition and how food impacts our energy levels, how it impacts our mental state and physical state, of course. And anything I was able to to learn around stress, where stress comes from, why we stress, uh, why we overwhelm, what are the stressors, and the biggest one, the impact on our health, our mental health and our physical health from stress. And again, I started implementing everything I learned and 
I believe that knowledge is only power if you use it. That's so, correct, yes. Yes, so I was, <laughs> you know, implementing different morning uh, routines. I was uh, um, looking to my coping mechanisms with stress. Um, I took alcohol under control because that was a really big coping mechanism for me. Um, again, I start exercising. I start implementing body movement. And I start learning a lot about the body and mind connection and how that mm-hmm. impacts, again, me and my, my mental health, my physical health. And yet through, um, you know, a lot of, I guess, trying different strategies and different techniques, I was getting better and better. And then again, I guess I like to say that the teacher appears when the student is ready. I came across um, Wellness Coach in Australia and I enrolled in the program. And yeah, I I went through the whole um, program with them and I became a certified health and wellness coach. And I changed my career because I realized that there were so many um of us, it's not only women because men are in this situation who are struggling with stress, with overwhelm, with all the demands, and it's very hard for them to cope with them, but it's very hard for them to find passion and meaning in their life. Yeah. And yeah, I, I open another wellness coaching because I believe that if we live in our optimal health and well-being, we're able to achieve anything. Yeah, thank you, Anna. Um, Thank you also for sharing your story with us and being so open. I think you're right. There are so many of us living in a state of stress and overwhelm. Yes. But it's still very brave of you to take that step and actually change your career because it can be quite difficult to leave a a secure, steady, well-paying job Mm -hmm. and plunge into the unknown, really. Um, Yes, Yes, yeah, you're so, right. <laughs> so you said you studied um, with uh, what was the body, the name of the body you studied with? The uh, Wellness Coaching Australia. Wellness Coaching Australia. And so these days you specialize in many things, but particularly in stress and overwhelm. So I thought a really good thing for us to do would be to set the scene and understand what those terms mean before we talk about them a bit further. So Anna, can you explain to us what stress is, what's the definition of stress, and what do you mean by stress when you talk about it? Thank you for the question, Amanda, because I I strongly believe we need to start with the basics. We need to have a clear definition of what stress means to us, because then we can find um, strategies to deal with, with stress. Of course, stress comes from, from physics, and you know it means that there is a strain or tension on our um, physical or mental or emotional state and it mostly means that we're faced with, with a change there is a demand for change and in our way of thinking or the way how we perceive things we think that that demand for change exceeds our resources mm-hmm. but also what I like to, to tell everyone is to develop their own definition of stress because what stress means to you it does not mean to me and what it's stressful to you does not mean that it's going to be stressful to me so so if we each one of us can have their own definition of what's stressful then it's going to be that much easier to cope with stress but i also want to mention that um going back to basics stress is a biological response and it is 
you know, it's been developed 100,000 years ago. It was a survival mechanism. So we also need to think about stress as the biological response, the stress response, the flight or fight response, because that all will have impact on why we feel stressed. And of course, what we perceive as a threat in, in well, in today's world, I guess. Uh, that's really interesting. I like how you said everyone might have different causes mm. of their stress. So what is stressful for me might not be stressful for you. So it's good to yes. for people to understand that. Do you see amongst your patients or clients some common causes of stress? Um, so, yes, um, because stress, firstly, stress comes from the outside. So anything that, uh, you know, something like, I don't know, a work, or finances, maybe our family situation, maybe we're looking after an aging parent, that can bring stress in our life. So that will be the outside stress. But then stress also comes from the inside. So our we're talking about you know our expectations, our shoots, our belief system. And the outside stress, if it's not dealt with, is going to be um, on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And our tendency is, of course, to control whatever stress is on the outside. But we need to look for the stress that it's inside. And if I was to pick one daily stress, I guess, it will be time. Everyone complains about time. Everyone um stresses about time and everyone is obsessed about managing time and how to have more time in our life so yes time if it's the one thing i can pick that will be probably the the most one that makes a lot of sense i think most of us these days feel like we're always under pressure and sometimes you feel like you're doing a lot of things but not doing them properly or with as much intent as you would like because you're rushing between things Yes. I often wonder, how did we get ourselves into this situation? Anyway, (laughs) we'll talk about some strategies later on. But the other thing that you deal with, Anna, is overwhelm. So I'd like it if you could explain to us what that is and how it is similar to stress and different from stress. Yes. So quite often stress and overwhelm um, happen together, Mm -hmm. right? So we we might be stressed because we're overwhelmed or we're overwhelmed because we're stressed. But if stress is, you know, demand for a change and it's a biological reaction, then overwhelm is a state where we think that we have so many things to do. We're, of course, busy, but there's so many things we need to attend to, but we don't have enough resources, either time or energy, and we're getting ourselves in the state where we can control. So, of course, our tendency is to have control, um, especially, you know, the the outside control, and overwhelm is when we don't have that control or we don't feel that we're in control of the situation. And now when we get into overwhelm, we're actually going more into so-called survival mode, which means that we are reactive, which is, it's like you said, like, you know, we're overwhelmed, we have no time, yet we want to do more and more things. And we're getting ourselves to being reactive because we're dealing with everything that is thrown our way. But then at the end of the day, we can't really see tangible results. 
because we're overwhelmed. And of course, overwhelm comes with lack of time and then we're stressing because we don't have time. <laughs> yes, so they're, they're very much interlinked. I can see that. Yes, yes. And then if someone is stressed and or overwhelmed, how does that manifest for someone? What are the symptoms that come from that? So how do we know if we're stressed? Um, mostly stress, uh, we can, of course, depending how we react to stress, we will have, um, you know, mental stress. So we might be, you know, overthinking or we might be rehearsing our thoughts or we might just be worrying about yeah. things that we shouldn't really be worrying about. So that will be a mental stress. But then, of course, on physical level, you know, um, you know, you're getting sweaty, your heart is pounding, you may be a little bit nauseous. So that's, you know, all how this how our body deals with the stress response. But you see, you actually said, oh, how stress can manifest. I I actually want to maybe digress a little bit here, and sure. I actually oh. want to say that, you know, only because we're stressed or overwhelmed. It's not necessarily a bad state because sometimes stress or overwhelm is a signal that something is not working in our life and we need to change. Okay. And stress, you know, might be that needed signal for you that you need to change because whatever is happening, it's not working. And it's the same with overwhelm. You might be overwhelmed. And it, I guess the tricky part here is to actually pause for a second, stop, and just say, okay, I'm overwhelmed. Why? Ask yourself, mm. why are you overwhelmed? Because again, you're overwhelmed because you're doing a lot of things. But it's like you mentioned before, you might be doing so many things, but they're not really moving you forward, which means that seeing that stress is manifesting in your life or overwhelm is manifesting it might be a time for you okay stop pause reassess and just see if maybe you have to pivot a little bit and readjust and move in a different way so stress and overwhelm are not necessarily bad mm -hmm. it's just I guess the level yes. yeah and I guess sometimes for some people when they're stuck in that cycle of stress and overwhelm it can probably be quite hard to to break it or you know to take stock of where they are and work yes. out what to do next which is something that you might be able to help people with but before we talk about ways to manage stress and what you do I just want to acknowledge that not all stress is bad you you gave the example that stress mm. can be a signal that something needs to change but yeah. also we can we do need a level of stress in our lives to motivate us to do things to perform at our best for example if you're going in a running race you feel nervous before you do that that kind of stress so anna is there a, a sweet spot or a good amount of stress yes it's so important thank you so much for bringing that up because Everyone complains about stress and we're saying how stress is bad, uh, but not all stress is bad. Of course, we need a certain level of stress in our life just simply to get us motivated because, <laughs> you know, sometimes we won't do anything, right? So, of course, stress, and like you mentioned, you know, yeah, to, to achieve greater things, to break records, you know, we all need you know, the chemical reactions that happen in our body during stress. And again, stress you know, we might define, for example, um, an event like getting married as a stressful event, but it's 
it's bad. No, it's it's a joyful moment. It's a very happy moment. So we definitely need certain level of stress in our life. So it's not all bad. And I wouldn't say that there is a, a, a sweet spot or right. because everyone will be different. Because again, I might find certain things stressful, but you might not. But I would say that we probably need to look at resilience. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because depending on your level of resilience, that sweet spot will be different. Because the more resilient you are, the better outlook you will have on life. You'll be able to cope with whatever challenges that life throws at you. So again, you'll be able to cope with maybe greater state of stress because you, you're more resilient. And again, when we talk about you know stress, we really need to uh, again uh, divide stress into the acute stress, yeah. chronic stress. Because acute stress is a one-off event, like yeah, like you said, maybe you know um, having a test or going for a run, like a marathon, um, right, or anything like that. So it's acute stress. So it's a one-off event where again, because stress is a biological response, our body prepared us for it, and our body prepared us to deal with a short burst of stress. But unfortunately, nowadays most of us live with so-called chronic stress which means that maybe it was a one-off event but it now it's in the prolonged time and we are in the stress response for a really long time and now we're talking about you know different chronic illnesses you know immune system it's weak um autoimmune um, illnesses, of course, or depression or any mental um, disorders or anything like that. That's, of course, when we talk about chronic chronic stress. Yeah, um, that's interesting because with the with chronic stress, basically the stress response doesn't get switched off. Yes. So yes. the body's in this flight state. And as you say, that can have biological impacts and long-term re- impacts on health. But Yes, yes, of course. Let's go on now and and turn to something more positive and talk about (laughs) how we can manage stress. So, Anna, if someone comes to see you and they're in a stress state and they want some help to manage their life and find their energy again, where do you even start? I like to start again with the basics. So we need to understand on individual level what stress means to you where stress comes from and quite often you see we're not even realized that we are stressed or we think that maybe job it's bringing us stress but then the deeper we go the more underlying causes appear so i like to start there i like to start actually recognizing um because it's coaching is all about self-awareness so first we need to realize where the stress comes from, what is making us stress, and then we can build a vision because we really need to know where we're going. We need to know the destination because otherwise, you know, how would we even know that we got there? So we then build, again, it's a coaching, so we build um, goals, behavioral goals to get you from A to B the quickest way possible. So... To start with, you say you find the the why, the cause of the stress, 
And that must be really interesting because, as you alluded to, it's not always what people think it is. And I guess in order to treat the stress, you really have to understand what you need to treat, so yes. why. And yes. then you talked yes. about having a, a, a goal or a view to work towards. So what are some of the strategies that you use to help people, you know, move forward um, and, and help them achieve whatever goal or outlook that they want? There are probably a few strategies. I tap a lot to neuroscience. So I love anything where we talk about brain and we can use different productivity hacks and definitely work around time. Because again, underlying cause for a lot of stress, it's time because we think we don't have time. So we kind of need Mm -hmm. to address that. But I also um, deal with a lot, I do a lot of work around mindset. And I love to use uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and their tools and their uh, strategies. uh, Because, again, we need to tap into our mindset um, because most of our stress comes from from inside. Um, And yes, and what I love about coaching is that, you know, we're getting into action with. So we we um, creating behavioral goals. So we're creating action steps around our day-to-day behavior Mm -hmm. to move us towards our vision. So, Anna, it sounds like what you do is very practical in that you give people um, goals and and actions to take uh, to change their behavior. Yes, yes. And just before I talk a little bit more about that, I just wanted to ask you, do you have a typical type of client or is it just a huge variation? I wouldn't say a typical uh, client because each one of us is different. However, there are common themes, themes around um, stress, I guess. And mostly, yes, of course, it's time, but also a lot of stress around weight and Weight management, um, body image, um, that's a really big stressor as well. And there are a lot of clients who came for for help. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, they come because, you know, they want to lose weight. And that's what they think. Oh, you know, that's where we're going to start. But then, yeah, when we actually go deeper, then we're going to all the other underlying, I guess, causes of stress and overwhelm. But those are, I would say, yeah, like, themes. That's so interesting because coming from a nutrition background, through all the study I, I did, I often thought probably the most effective way for people to lose weight is not, I mean, what they eat obviously is important, yeah. but it's more, I think, about mindset and knowing what their triggers are and having some strategies about how to eat well. And yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? So Yes. Yes, and mm. I want to say here it's very important also because, you know, um, either way we look at it, we have very close relationship with food and we have very emotional relationship with food. And now it really depends, you know, going back even to stress, like are we using food as a stress coping mechanism? Because if we are, then we can tap into it. We can understand where it comes from, whatever needs and desires we have that are unmet and, you know, go back into that. But then we can use nutrition and we can use food to help us 
to overcome the mindset blocks, which maybe are manifesting in our body through weight. Yeah, look, that that to me is so fascinating, I think, and such an important area where I think a lot of good can be done. And so one of the things, um, just backtracking a little bit, you are very interested in the mind-body connection, which is coming through by what you're saying, and you're passionate about it. And as we as we've alluded to, it's becoming more and more understood the link between um, the uh, the mind and our physical health and our physical condition and our mind. And you have three pillars um, that you use to help people deal with stress, and they're all interlinked. And yes. the first one, I think, or the, the three are nutrition, body movement, and mind. So yeah. we've talked a bit about nutrition, but just going on um, with that theme. Can you explain to us in more detail the connection between stress levels and what we eat? How are they interrelated? Yeah, so, um, yeah, again, you know, we use food as a as a coping mechanism, um, we, you know, to deal with stress. So, again, we need to address the, the triggers and where it comes from. But I look at nutrition as, uh, you know, like we can – heal a food is medicine okay and we can heal ourselves through food and it's you know if you look uh, use the analogy from you know look at car okay you need to put good quality petrol to have the car running right to be in good state it's the same with body if we don't put um, healthy food or we don't deliver the nutrients that our body needs how can we expect our body to carry us throughout the day, our body to cope with the demands and, you know, the stress? So the healthier the body, you know, the easier it will be for us to actually deal with daily stress. But then going again back to the stress, that stress is a biological response, of course, you know, during stress response, right, all the chemical reactions uh, are happening. We have, you know, cortisol, uh, adrenaline, of course, because we need to get moving. But also there are all the things happening, like, for example, acid. So basically acid is our body. It's flooded with acid. And I mean, look at chemistry. Acid is not really good. So if it's one of event, then that's okay. But then if we live in that constant state of stress, what really happens to our body is that we're flooded with toxins and our immune system is compromised, right? And I mean, we all know that our immune system, it's it's here to defend us through any um, infections, bacteria, viruses. And I mean, if our immune system is compromised, then we don't have that defense system. Yes. And we can build our immune system. Our immune system can be stronger through nutrition if we deliver you know the nutrients that our body needs um we will have the energy of course to do the things and that we want to do and meet the demands of you know our stressful life but yeah uh, you know especially our immune system will be stronger which means that it's you know it will be able to um prevent us from developing you know chronic illnesses Mm. Yeah, as I said, it's a very interesting topic. And I think one of the things that's so difficult in the environment that we live in today is that we are surrounded by so much 
fast food and accessible yes. food that is is not healthy and mm -hmm. if you are feeling stressed and you feel like you need a pick me up maybe you reach for a chocolate bar or chips or something because it's right there and that's that's obviously not good for your body it's creating stress in your body and overloading the immune system and it's just it's a vicious cycle so i think education yes. around understanding uh, you to use the analogy that you used about cars and petrol the good fuel for your body yes. because your brain needs fuel your muscles yes. need fuel your body needs fuel just to do all the processes the millions of things that, that are going yes. on inside of us all the time um, yes. so yes i can see how that is a very important pillar of managing stress yes yes and you know uh again because we have emotional a uh, relationship with food but not all food is i mean we shouldn't really put labels of food as a good and bad it's just healthy or unhealthy because we can still if we're under stress and we want to go for food just go for the healthy food right because your body you know still needs nutrients but you can pick yeah, uh, you know, the healthy food to help you to deal with the stress that you're, you know, that you're, you're going through. Mm. And in order to do that, I think you need some strategies in place, for example, to make sure it's accessible or if you're mm -hmm. stressed in your workplace to maybe take um, a healthy snack along yes. with you to work. So that's what you use and not the vending machine. So yes, all those it's all things. about scheduling yeah. <laughs> and preparation, really. Yes. Yeah. And the next pillar, Anna, is um, body movement. So can you talk to us about how movement and exercise is important in managing stress? Yeah. So our bodies were not designed to be stationary. We're not designed to be sitting, you know, for prolonged periods of time. We need movement. And I love to say that energy creates energy, which means that the more we move, the more healthy we will be but the more energy we will have to meet the stress or the overwhelm or whatever demands we have in our life but um of course you know there are so many good benefits of exercising um you know just yeah you you know your body is stronger your your bones your muscles and everything and of course you know the endorphins but going back to what stress is stress is physiological reaction and to interrupt any physiological reaction you can do it only by another physiological reaction. So high intensity exercise, especially when you're stressed or maybe, you know, you had argument with your colleague, but then just, you know, to sit down and meditate, probably it's not going to work, right? But if you go for, you know, a walk or, you know, even walk the dog or for a jog or anything like that, all those chemical reactions going to happen in your body, you know, your endorphins are going to be released and you're going to be able to stop the stress response right there. That's great. I love, I love your saying energy creates energy. Yeah. I mean, just from a personal experience, that is so true. I always feel much better after I've done something active. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, energy creates energy. And, you know, a lot of people just say, oh, you know, oh, I'm tired, but like, you are tired because you're not moving. And then once you get moving, then you just see, oh gosh, this is so easy. I don't know why I didn't get up earlier and you know went for a walk or something. So yeah, energy creates energy. The final pillar is our minds. Yes. 
So this is quite a big topic. So I know it's probably hard to to summarize it in a in a you know concise way. But how can changing our beliefs about ourselves help us manage stress? Yes, mindset is is really yeah it's a great topic of course, and I would say it's a, it's a pivotal uh, pillar. Because I like to, you can summarize everything in, in one statement that um, Henry Ford said, and I love quote him, because whatever you think you can do or you think you can't, you're right. And this is it. It's that, that understanding that you can manage stress, that resilience you might have, or you know, changing the way how you perceive yourself and you perceive the world is Honestly, it's a, it's a difference between being healthy and not being in your optimal state of health. It's so important because, again, going back to the mind-body connection, whatever happens in your mind, there is a response in your body. And whatever happens in your body, there is a response in your mind. So aligning your mind and body, it's so, so important because that's really the tool, if you can master your mind and look at the positives and looking for the empowering thoughts to get you moving, that's, yeah, that's the difference of the, between, yeah, being healthy and, you know, in, in living in your uh, optimal state of well-being or not so much. Anna, that, the way you explain that um, makes perfect sense, but I think it's, easier said than done like for some people it's very very so is that something you help people with to find the things that they feel to make them feel good about themselves yes yes oh gosh it's just uh, I'm very passionate about it and it's yes it's so easy to talk about it but it's very hard to change Mm. because if you think about it you know, depending how old you are, that was how many years you were building your belief system. And now, you know, we all want gratification straight away. So we want our mindset to just change like that. But it is a process. It's a lengthy process. And again, I would say the first step is awareness. Because quite often, we're not even aware that our thoughts are not that healthy that some belief that we have that we develop maybe in our childhood is actually you know keeping us stuck in that state so yes of course overcoming mindset um roadblocks is very is a big part of my work and yeah it's a it's a lengthy process it's not easy easy um fix or you know it might work for a little bit harder a little bit longer to to get there but it's a little bit like a domino effect you Mm -hmm. see so once you start and you see that okay what you thought about let's say yourself it's not a a reality it's not really who you are and you want to change it that that breakthrough that awareness it's a first step because then you pivot a little bit and a little bit, a little bit, and then you take, okay, another belief or another um, shoot that we have, you know, uh, around us or another expectation. And then yeah, we start, it's a domino effect. So it's one after another. And then, yeah, we can move into, you know, other 
areas, I guess. And what I like about the way you explained that too is that it is a lengthy process. So yes. I think that's something people need to know and understand. And I imagine that it's the kind of process that most times probably needs someone like you, a third party, to help. Because I yes. think it's if people are stuck in a certain way of thinking and perhaps have negative perceptions of themselves, unless someone else challenges that, mm-hmm. how will they change? Yes, yes. Mm. And what I love about coaching is that you're you're planting a seed in your client because you're challenging that believe and sometimes you see them there will be resistance because they will be like well you're telling me something but I've been thinking that way my whole life but you know you go away and you think about it and you start changing and yeah uh, that's a beautiful process but yes um I would say that quite often we cannot see that yeah we are stuck in our way of thinking but we are stuck in our way of doing certain things because of our mindset so it's so so important to reach out to yeah to coaches yeah mindset uh, coaches um, and yeah therapies other therapies to help you build that awareness and and break through any roadblocks that you might have around your mindset and Anna this is I think a good place to ask you about what you offer at um, Anna Doctor Wellness Coaching, you've got a few things that are available to people. So can you talk us through, for example, you've got the stress lab. Yes, yes. So I offer uh, one-on-one coaching um, and then I have tailor uh, packages like the stress um, less lab, which, again, we're looking at the main pillars and we're using them uh, to build the stress management techniques um, in in our lives. So yes, but I offer um, a lot of other uh, free resources as well. I blog every every week and I write, I guess, anything to do with stress and overwhelm and, you know, busyness or, you know, glorification of, uh, you know, being busy, anything to do with time management and productivity. Um, and then, yeah, I do uh, short videos again every week, um, you know, about, your, you know, a little bit of um, around mindset hacks. And then, yeah, I have newsletter. So again, and I have free resources, mostly it's around how to manage time, how to be better with managing time, because that's the stressor number one for many of us, if not all of us. Um, so, yeah, I would invite yeah anyone to go on my website and, and access yeah, those information there. Excellent. And I'll put links, obviously, in the show notes. Anna, if someone, you're based in Brisbane, is that right? Yes. yes. So do you do um, Zoom or video conferencing for people that might want to see you who are not based in Brisbane? Yes, yes, I actually, um, well, at the moment, and, and I would say mostly because of the I would say pandemic, but yeah, the uncertainty basically. But yeah, I, I work mostly online and yeah, through Zoom. Um, yeah, it's a video call. Of course, it's not as good as you know you see person in person, but I think the reach it's it's greater, and you know I'm able to connect with more people from really all around the world. And again, it takes the the 
the, the, the fear of, you know, the current situation with what's happening, not only in, in Queensland or in, in Australia, but all around the world, mm-hmm. um, you know, out of question. So that's, at least we don't have to stress about that. <laughs> yes, one less thing to stress about. And I just want <laughs> yes. to pick up on one thing you said earlier. You talked about the glorification of busyness. And I find that fascinating because often that's the, the starting point of a conversation or how are you, I'm busy, mm-hmm. as if that's a good thing. So how did we get to that point? Yes, it's funny because I think nowadays, you know, uh, I'm busy means I'm fine. And we often, you know, say, yeah, oh, I'm busy. And I guess we, it all starts again inside We probably need to understand why we're being busy because there is nothing wrong with being busy, okay, if we enjoy what we're doing, okay, if we're moving forward, if we're productive, if we have joy in our life. At the end of the day, we do want to progress in our life, so we kind of need to be busy to be productive to move forward, okay? So that's the good busy. And again, there is nothing wrong with it. However, when we start putting more and more things on our plate because we want to be busy for the sake of being busy because we connect being busy with our worth that's when we're tapping yeah into what worth means to us and what it's self-worth and a lot of us think that okay the busier i am the more worthy i am so here I would say we need to tap why we think that way and redo our self-worth story to understand that just being busy for the sake of being busy does not mean that we're worthy or that we're not worthy because it's just, yeah, we, we're not being productive and, and, you know, we're not moving forward. Then really we're saying we're busy because we want to show that we're worthy. Mm, that's so interesting, isn't it? That's, it seems to that's, be. Yes, that's the whole that's the whole loop. Because I used to be like that as well. I would be like, oh, I'm busy and I'm doing everything. Because somewhere deep down, we connect busyness with the world. Yeah. And once we redo that story and we actually understand that, I mean, even though we're living in, you know, productivity obsessed um world. It doesn't really mean that I'm not worthy because I'm not producing at the moment or I'm not doing anything. Staying in stillness or doing things that we enjoy, but they're not, you know, bringing us millions of dollars, (laughs) right? It it doesn't mean that we're not worthy. So yeah, yeah, we're doing that, that story. It's so important, I think, to to have this conversation and start challenging that idea that being busy is equated with with worth um and Anna before we wrap up I've had a question from a listener uh Sally and Sally asks do you have any tips for helping my teenagers manage stress around their upcoming exams so most kids now are um, about to have exams and so I guess there's a lot of stressed young teenagers around the place yes yeah I would say yeah there would be a lot of a lot of stress uh, all around. Um, I would say the only way to manage stress is to actually have um, um, stress management techniques in place. So again, understanding why he is stressed. Okay, is he stressed because he because of the test itself? I mean, that might be good stress. It just means that okay, it's something important happening in 
his life, right? And um, that just, you know, that will be a one-off event. But then, yeah, again, because as a teenager, probably any exercise, any forms of exercise, you know, playing any games, I would say, you know, or yeah, walking, jogging or anything like that. So the stress, it's not um, being stored in the body, but actually it's being relieved. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I guess, you know, because it's it's exams and tests, I would say that, you know, again, going back to resilience, actually studying, okay, and, and preparing ourselves for whatever the event is, that's again going to le- going to drop the level of stress. Yeah, so being prepared, doing mm. the study, and using exercise or movement as an outlet. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, thank you. And so, Anna, just to wrap up our conversation, who inspires you? Um. Oh, probably any any thought leader and I guess action taker and probably someone who. Um, cares about the environment, <laughs> but I I I adore uh, Marie Folio. Um, she's she's a um, I guess you know quite famous um, a thought leader from mm-hmm. the state, and I really love her way how she conducts business and how she she's on a mission to help other people. Um, and yeah, she doesn't subscribe to the glorification of you know being busy. Um, I also admire Justine Arden, and I think it is the way how she approaches, you know, how to lead a country and how she works with all groups of citizens, I guess, and how she, you know, does with the native um, people. I would love to see it a little bit more of that collaboration, I guess, or cooperation in Um, in Australia. Yes, I totally agree. And the final question that I like to ask all of my guests is, if you could recommend two things that people could do to improve their well-being, what would they be? Uh, One, I would say sleep, sleep and rest. Um, A lot of the time when, you know, we're stressed or we're overwhelmed, we're stressing about time. So we're looking where to cut our time and mostly it's on sleep. And I think that the importance of sleep, it's not um, being understood, I think. But I mean, our body and our mind can heal during sleep. So I would say any, you know, rest that we can give to our body and our mind and sleep. And the second thing I would say, play, play and have fun. I mean, not everything in life has to be stressful or serious. And I understand we all go through challenging times in in our life. But I think, you know, to have play and to do things just for the sake of doing them, you know, when we were kids and playing just for the sake of, you know, being, I don't know, silly maybe, you know, is the laughter, it's it's a really beautiful, um, you know, comedy for our mental health. And yeah, to, to oh, I love that. Well-being. A lot of guests have said sleep. That's a very popular response. But I think you're the first mm. one that said play. I really like that. I think that's that's great because laughter, we all feel so good after we have a deep belly laugh, don't we? Yes. And and again, you see, when we when we laugh, you know, of course, you know, the endorphins and everything, but when we do something for the 
um, just for play and for joy and we don't look for, you know, what are going to be the consequences or what I'm going to benefit from doing something. It's, I mean, it's just so beautiful. It's just so simple, but it can really change our mindset because it can change the, our, our, I guess, thinking and we will look for more positive outlook on life so even if something was stressful or challenging we will be actually thinking oh you know what that wasn't actually that's not really that stressful as i thought it would be and there you go you just had some play and our kids know the best you know (laughs) how to play and i think when we get older we we forget about play and forget about joy and you know we're only stressing about about life i guess in general but but yeah, play and enjoy. Yes, and I, f- I think having a pet, like a dog, for example, is good for that because dogs love to play and when you watch them play and you play with them throwing a ball or something, that that brings to me anyway so much joy. Yeah, yeah, pets, yeah, definitely. Uh, pets, um, yeah, they're good, you know, uh, uh, to get you, I guess, motivated to exercise because <laughs> most of the time, you know, with the dog, you actually have to walk with the dog. So that's a great way. But yeah, of course, pets, because, you know, they have this unconditional love and they don't want anything back from you. And again, you know, you can play and you can be silly, you know, and you don't have this, you know, self-awareness of, someone will perceive that you know i'm doing something and that's silly or or um you know i'm i look stupid i mean no because they just play for the sake of playing they just don't yeah. analyze they don't overthink they don't worry <laughs> they don't have all that you know baggage mental that we stress. have so anna if if someone wants to look at what you're doing and check out your blog and your video posts uh, and just generally um, be in touch what's the best way for them to do that so either go on my website and that's uh, anadoctor.com.au i have all the information there um and follow me on social i'm on facebook and instagram and also i'm working on some projects uh, which are going to be launched next year and then i'm working on some collaborations which again gonna happen next year so there are a lot of things um yeah, the making. Um, so, yeah, but you can, yeah, mostly I would say go on, go on my website. Great. So or I'll put links to all of that. Yeah. So that sounds exciting. You've got some things oh, coming up you. in the future next year. So, Anna, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. It's been really um, interesting to talk to you and you, you have such a lovely energy about you. I've really enjoyed our chat. So thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda. It was a pleasure to be on your podcast and be chatting to you today. And that, dear listeners, was Anna Doctor of Anna Doctor Wellness Coaching with her explanations and tips on managing stress and overwhelm. So thank you so much for listening today and I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and perhaps have a better understanding of how you can cope with stress. If you are enjoying Vibrant Lives podcast, I'd be so grateful if you could share it and tell your friends about it and if you could take a minute to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, it will help people find my podcast. You can subscribe to Vibrant Lives Podcast on all good podcast providers like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and you can also subscribe on YouTube. Please follow me on Instagram at Vibrant underscore Lives underscore Podcast or on Facebook at Vibrant Lives Podcast. And please check out my new website at www 
vibrantlivespodcast.com. If there's a person that you'd like me to interview or a topic you'd like me to discuss, please DM me or contact me via my website. I always love to hear from listeners. So thank you very much for tuning in today. Eat well, move well, think well.